Welcome to CSU Stories, the podcast where we tell the stories of the unique work of people in regional New South Wales and beyond. From Hollywood careers to amphibian specialists, we talk with CSU staff, students, alumni and members of our communities to share how our regions are shaping Australia and the world. Now, I want to talk about an article that was published in the Sydney Morning Herald back in December 2018 about a missing person, a young woman, 15 years of age, named Katrina, who vanished in 2012. The article recaps Katrina's residential circumstances, how she came to be in and out of home care, talks about where she was working, provides comments from a former youth worker who looked after Katrina and also notes that six years later, Katrina, a ward of the state, has never been found, believing she may be dead, with police referring her case to the coroner. For me personally, reading through the article and thinking about the facilities this young woman lived in, the fact that officers were regularly you know, called about assaults or runaways is quite confronting to say the least. And it certainly doesn't compare to my adolescent years. Kath, Emma, what does this article and this case being recognised in one of Australia's major metropolitan newspapers mean to both of you? Well, actually, I'll I'll start with it. I I think the thing that's most important is that Katrina was actually named. So in New South Wales, there's been a persistent push by the Department of Community Service, Family and Community Services to, on the grounds of protecting the privacy of a child in out-of-home care, there's been various forms of legislation or regulation and practice which have basically made it an offence or at least deeply frowned upon to name a child in out-of-home care. So regardless of whether they go missing or not, the idea is if I was in care, you would not be able to say that I was in care Mm -hmm. on the radio. So there's been various court cases testing that, all sort of done in the background, because children who are in care lose their identities. And in the experience of many people that I've spoken to who've been in the care system, um, and I've spoken to people in care and and subsequently um, as, as quite old adults, the loss of your identity is really significant. So you can't publish, a newspaper cannot publish a photo of a child in care in New South Wales unless, it used to be, unless with the permission of the natural parents and Mm. or the carer. Information that has been put out um, that caused a recent controversy was the case of the young missing boy, the little boy, three-year-old William Tyrrell, who went missing. And when it became clear that he was in foster care at the time, that was frowned upon because they'd named the child. Mm. So you get into this very difficult situation where you lose your identity, you can't be fo- your photograph can't be used, and ostensibly it's for your own protection. But in the case of Katrina, this also indicates a real problem where the if you don't have an identity, people can't show your photo of the cute, gorgeous kid that's gone yeah. missing. You're not real. Mm. So you don't get the photos of all the children that die in the care in care or having been in care. They don't mean anything. They're not real. They're just forgotten they're just invisible so you've got to appeal to people's emotion and their and their reality like you have to make them care about these kids but we don't hear anything about them Mm. in the children's court or anything like that so in Katrina's case permission was given I understand by the natural family and that is not going to be legal anymore so it'll only be with if it matters like this it will be the coroner that has to give permission as to whether or not we can even talk about her. Otherwise, she will be girl X. Okay. 
Um, and I think that's the most important thing about this case is that there are kids in care like Katrina who go missing. Hopefully she's just living a life that she doesn't want to get in contact with people, mm. but the fact it's gone to the coroner clearly indicates that there's grave fears for her safety. And, uh, yeah, unfortunately, you know, this is not an unusual situation for people in care or who have been in care. So that's the most important thing that article meant yeah. to me. Yeah. Emma, any comments? I think Kath's made probably the most significant comment. I think more generally it's pleasing to see a heightened awareness. People are talking about these issues now. There's a recognition. It used to be almost, you know, even up until quite recently, we still had to kind of justify why we even looked at this and, mm. you know, show every piece of evidence we could to show that there is an mm. issue. Mm. I think that now we're moving to become in line with sort of internationally where there's a lot more recognition. Like this is an issue. It needs mm. to be addressed. We need everyone on board with mm. this. We need to put money, resources, mm. time, recognition into this. And that's probably for me a step towards that in that direction as well. One of the things I found interesting when I was talking to the journalist about this article was, you know, the, the question was asked about whether it's time for an inquiry in New South Wales. And I rather cynically sort of thought we've had a lot of inquiries and, you know, I think Kath started counting at one stage how many inquiries and royal commissions there have been and lost count at some stage. Yeah, it was but 60 in 30 years. It's basically wow. the New South Wales and, and the same holds for every state and territory in Australia and from what I can tell in comparable jurisdictions, is that basically every two-ish years you mm. get a, a huge scandal. Okay. Yeah. And that uh, and that's an individual child's death, trauma, abuse. Something has happened, ripping off of money by an, an, agency, an agency. Something's happened to spark media interest and that sparks an inquiry. Every two years, for, for 200 years. And the issues are incredibly familiar. Yeah. Lack of training, badly supported and trained and resourced staff, but that's just the tip of the iceberg. Mm. A lack of awareness about what's going on in other jurisdictions, a lack of care about the fact that missing persons has been a huge issue, particularly in the UK, where they have identified the, the, the potential vulnerability of the kids and put things in train to address it. We're catching up now. Yeah, so I would always say whenever anyone says, is there another inquiry, I always roll my eyes and then go, yes. Because I think we should we should keep inquiring yeah. into this, but we, but we should, should actually do start something about yeah. it. Also, doing something with the recommendations yeah. of those mm. for inquiries. Mm. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So, just you know, recapping on what we've spoken about today, for both of you, what were your own personal motivators, I guess, to get involved in this research? Well, I suppose as a criminologist, I've got a natural interest in, you know, everything criminal justice related, um, and. Um, I feel this is an area that really needs some significant research to happen in it. I, on a personal level, I've got um, family members in my extended family who are care experienced, so I've seen mm -hmm. sort of the, that side of it as well. And, yeah. I guess for me, it was the prison system. So I was working in the jails as an official visitor and as a solicitor providing free pro bono legal advice to men, first of all, and then later women in custody in New South Wales. And it was just really obvious that the conversations we were having in the background is that they'd all, not all, a significant proportion had been in the out-of-home care system and or were worried about their kids that were in care as well. So every woman you talk to in jail pretty much that wanted to talk to you about her kids, it was it, they were all saying, oh, are my kids safe? Has something happened to mm. them? I don't know what's happened to them. They're in care. 
and then it turns out, you know, they, the, the woman was in care. You know, the guys, a lot of serious offenders or long-term prisoners have come up through the care system. So I started from that point thinking, well, how come there's nothing written about this? Why isn't anyone talking about it? If you had, you know, um, 30% of the jail population had red hair, you'd think people would start to look at, you yeah. know, is there a red hair gene? <laughs> Sorry to do that, but I'm looking at, looking at your hair. For everyone listening, I have red hair. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you'd think there'd be some interest, but then what made it more interesting to me, I guess, was the lack of apparent care that anyone mm. gave to this issue. And when you take into account the fact that these are not just children of a particular ethnicity or a particular age or a particular demographic, these are children that the state has intervened mm. deliberately and said, we are responsible. We are your parents. Yep. It's like, seriously? Mm. So that's my interest. And, and subsequently to that, um, awareness of family involvement and, and uh, the like in the care system and the prison system as well. Sure. And just before we finish up, and thank you so much for both giving up your time and coming in, will we be seeing any more research projects from you in the next couple of years? What's planned for 2019? I'd like to pursue this issue on missing um, people. I think it's a really important research area, but I guess it's only one part of the overall research agenda that Emma and I um, and our colleagues um Associate Professor Gerard and uh, Dr McGrath and others are working on is around the criminalisation, mm. the involvement of out-of-home care kids in various aspects of the criminal justice system. So we're moving, Emma and I are moving to look at the adult prison system as well um, and the involvement of people who've been in care in that background. Mm. So it doesn't just stop at childhood, you know, what happens. But a range of things, as I said, states, children, we should be looking into everything that you know, the outcomes so that we can improve the situation for these kids. Another project we're hoping to report on by the end of this year is um, we've been doing some analysis. Mm -hmm. uh, Pleasingly, we've been funded by CSU again to um, analyse some data from New South Wales Corrections about mm -hmm. um, care status in comparison to a whole variety of, a whole set of different variables. Mm -hmm. So we're in the process of crunching data on that and we'll hopefully have some results out by the end of this year. Excellent. So once again, congratulations to you both. You're bringing such an important issue to light. Uh, thank you very much for joining me today. Thanks for the opportunity. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening and we look forward to sharing all of our CSU stories with you. For more information on CSU stories, go to news.csu.edu.au.